Tips. On today's show, we will have Father Brian Eckridge in the studio. And we're going to talk about the love of friendship, as he calls it. But we're going to talk about basically how our culture gets friendship very wrong um, and how we also uh, uh, misunderstand love. So we're going to talk about both of those things. It's a really great conversation. In fact, we went long because there were some parts he didn't get to talk about. So there's a bonus episode on YouTube if you want to catch that. First, we have Dr. Chris Bergwald in studio for some Biblical Bites with Dr. B. I always have to wait because like... It, you, you don't know uh, how, how it's going to come well, out. Well, you maybe. always... Eventually, you include the Biblical Bites with Dr. B piece. Yeah. But it, it sometimes we take, it takes a while to get there, like well, just now. So Speaking like, for the man who takes a whole minute and a half to start his own show. Well... <laughs> It's not like I don't have enough to say. What's True. today, Renee? Today is Pentecost. Pentecost. Where are you read? So how how, how appropriate and fitting uh, the topic that you and Father oh, Brian yes. will be talking. Yes. And, you know, we didn't even really plan that. This actually, the topic came from a homily he had done about a week before we recorded. Sure. So, uh, so, but yeah. let's connect the dots for the listeners or viewers. Yeah. Why is it appropriate and fitting that you are talking about what you're talking about, Father Brian, on Pentecost? Well, because really what's happening on Pentecost is the Holy Spirit is pouring out love and power onto the apostles and to us and the church. And all at the same time. Amen. And even more, who is the Holy Spirit himself? Love. He is. Yes. So God is love, but it, the yes. Father pours himself out, to the, the mystery of the Trinity, right? Yeah. The Father pours himself out to the Son. The Son receives that from the Father and returns that mm-hmm. to the Father. And that mutual exchange of divine persons mm-hmm. generates a third person. Right. The Holy Spirit, who is trained. So the Holy Spirit is, I'm very, very using very loose language, theologians who might be tuning in. Um, <laughs> he is actually a theologian. The, <laughs> the, the Holy Spirit is the one. fruit of the love of the Father and, right. and the Son, in right. a sense. Right. In it's a the sense. lover, the beloved, and... Love. Lend love. Yeah, right, I right. Love yeah. That. yeah, exactly. Well done. So, the, yeah, so the Pentecost is the culmination of the Easter season. It's been. Uh, what? Since Easter? 50 days. Yeah, 50 days mm-hmm. since Easter. Uh, and so now we're finishing off, and then tomorrow we jump back into ordinary time. Yes, um, green. <laughs> you missed the green. What's going so on? Great, <laughs> so, so today, but yeah, we 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 read, especially in the first reading about the descent of the Holy Spirit, Pentecost. This year, the gospel is about John. Uh, from John, Jesus appearing um, the first day of the resurrection. Peace be with you. He breathed, and then the Holy Spirit. Beautiful. I want to focus on the collect or the evening okay. prayer. And little time left. The opening prayer for Mass or the collect, oh, which the priest will say on Pentecost Sunday, not the vigil. Necessarily, oh, okay. different set of readings and prayers for okay. the vigil. Okay. Sunday morning. O God, who by the mystery of today's great feast sanctify your whole church in every people and nation. So every people and nation, all those nations who understood the apostles speaking mm-hmm. on, Pen- on, on oh, the original yeah. Pentecost. Pour out, we pray, the gifts of the Holy Spirit across the face of the earth. And with the divine grace that was at work when the gospel was first proclaimed, fill now once more the heart of believers through our Lord Jesus Christ. Blah, 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 blah. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love, so 
pour out the Holy Spirit. Cry out everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, oh God. So pour out your Holy Spirit everywhere, all peoples, uh, all nations across the face of the earth. And with the, the divine grace that was at work when the gospel was first proclaimed. So way back when, the same gospel, the same grace for the, when the gospel was first proclaimed, give us the same grace today, everyone, everywhere, to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Everyone's getting this, whether you want it or not. So get ready. Amen. <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Peter. You bet. studio with me today, I have the always popular Father Brian Eckrich. Good morning, friends. Welcome, Father. Um, we wanted to bring you in. So first, Father Brian Eckrich is the parochial administrator still at St. Joseph the Workman in Huntimer and St. Rose of Lima in Garrison, also the chaplain for the uh, South Dakota State Penitentiary. Soon to be pastor of pastorate, what number? Seven. Seven. So, Millbank, Big Stone, City, Revillo, and Clear Lake. Thank you for naming all of those. Yep. So I knew <laughs> I knew um, Millbank and Big Stone, but yeah. I can never remember the others. So. Yep. And someday that will not be pastorate seven. It will be something awesome. We'll figure right? that out. Yep. It'll be... <laughs> Everybody will come together and be like, this is what we want. <laughs> so it'll be good. All right. So we wanted to bring Father Eckridge in before he moves up to Millbank first and have him on Catholic Views Live. Uh, and um, we wanted to talk about uh, the love of friendship. This is, uh, and how our culture gets friendship wrong. So the reason we wanted to talk about this is I heard a uh, few little birdies told me that Father Eckrich had a great homily, what was that, a week Probably or so ago? A couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and it was about this topic. And they were just learned a lot, super impressed by it. And it was like, you know, that would be a great topic for Catholic views because we all need to, in our world today, where friendship is very misunderstood, which is unfortunate because we certainly need friends. And uh, we just wanted to see what the church has to say about this. So, Father, um, let's start first with how does society view love and the phrase, I love you? Yeah. So I would say, uh, how does society understand this? They don't. <laughs> um, we use love for all sorts of things. I can say, like, I love my cup of coffee. You know, um, love, we love our families. Uh, if you're married, you love your spouse. And we don't really make clear distinctions about types of love. Mm -hmm. And in reality, classically, there always were understood four types of love, okay. which I can briefly run through now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first was this idea of, of, of love of familial love, okay. love of the familiar. So obviously we love things, people, because they're simply around us all the time. Mm -hmm. First and foremost, they can be our family members, our siblings, uh, the people we work with, like people in this, in the, in the, even in this building, mm -hmm. like, oh, I know them. Right. Like I have some affection for them, not really friends with them. Right. Um, even our neighbors in our neighborhood. So that's familial love. That's kind of the lowest, I'd say, okay. form of love. Not bad, but it's... But it's like the introductory yeah, love. Yeah, it's introductory. <laughs> and then there's and then there's kind of the, the two others. There's eros, a romantic love. Mm -hmm. um, and we can expand on that. That's not, in the broader sense, it's, it's not specifically romantic, but, um, but that's kind of the most common explanation of it. Right. Um, then there's third type is sacrificial love. Okay. Uh, to lay down your life, to give of yourself for the good of another. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, finally, the fourth, we have the love of friendship. Okay. And that, I suppose, is the topic of the day. Right. Uh, it's Friendship, of course, is this, it's a conscious choice that we make to say, okay, I see something, 
a good in someone mm-hmm. or something in someone, and I want to make that conscious act my will to pursue that person in some way uh, on various levels of intimacy. Sure. So okay. that's kind of, those are the classic distinctions of love. Okay. So why, does it, why is it a problem that we have a skewed view of this? Because we certainly do. Um, for instance, uh, now this is a question I wanted to ask you later, and we can answer it later if you want. But for instance, it, there's this kind of common notion that if you're married, uh, the husband shouldn't have female friends or whatever, that that's a danger. Mm-hmm. And maybe it is. And we can talk about that in a little bit if you want. But, um, or that men and women can't really be friends or can't be very good friends. So why is it a problem that we have that skewed view? I suppose a couple of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, one, we live in a culture that hypersexualizes everything. Mm-hmm. If they see any form of intimacy or closeness between people, mm-hmm. whether it be two men or two women, they think, well, s- something must be up. Or we only we only ever view there. It really is a perversion of eros right. in our culture, where we just think any form of intimacy intimacy has to necessarily be romantic. Right. It doesn't really acknowledge, we culture and people fail to acknowledge the totality of the person as both body and soul um, with a personality and interest and all sorts of extra dynamics and aspects of the person. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I guess, one reason why we don't, I guess, do well with, uh, you know, friendships in general, but then friendships between men and women. Um, and that's something I wanted, kind of wanted to focus yeah. on the second half. I know perhaps another thing, I guess if we lack people question the possibility of friendships between men and women or just any friendship, it's also, I think, because true and authentic friendships have to be rooted in virtue. Right. And the reality is how many people in the world right. actually pursue virtue and right. are virtuous. Right. And we can talk about that when Aristotle kind of lays out this hierarchy of, of three different goods. And okay. he says that... It's these are difficult to obtain. The virtuous friendship is difficult to obtain right. because. Um, okay, so yeah, tell us about it. You call or Aristotle calls these the hierarchy of, fen- of friendship. Yep. yep. So in Aristotle's Ethics, um, he dedicates to two out of. We're ten, getting very smart on Catholic yeah. views today. We are doing Aristotle yeah, and Father Eckridge. I know. So. <laughs> uh, so Aristotle dedicates ten chapters to ex- answering the question of how can the human person be happy. Mm-hmm. And he, two of those chapters are on friendship. Okay. And he begins by noting that there are three types of friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, the most immature type of friendship, the friendship, he says, of children, is friendships rooted in pleasure. Okay. That it's a friendship of pleasure is I spend time with this person because they're fun to be around, because I derive some pleasure, some mm-hmm. benefit from that. Um, and he said this, of course, is the most fleeting because... The object of friendship is not the person person themselves, but some benefit gained. So once the ple- once the pleasure s- ends, right. the friendship ends. Right. And we see this about little kids. You know, they have yeah. a best friend in the morning, and then by the afternoon, they're like, "I'm not friends with him anymore." <laughs> you know. I think sometimes that happens with adults too. And maybe too. And we, we do. And I guess we we still have you know friendships of pleasure. It's, right. And then as we mature into adulthood, uh, Aristotle notes that. Instead of simply pleasure, now we're kind of develop into the realm of utility. We're okay. business partners that I'm friends with you because I can profit in some way. Okay. Um, and so, is it necessarily a profit thing, or is it because you're around each other all day? But you're not necessarily good friends, like, or is the utility one always like a uh, like you need you're getting something from it? 
I think utility is, is I'm, I'm getting something okay. from it. It's, okay. you know, um, I guess even in a sense, not, not to degrade like, like our friendship, but it's like, even in this moment, it's like, okay, uh, we're doing this because you need to record a Catholic muse and, and, and I, 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 I provide, I provide something <laughs> yep. for you. So, yeah. and even in that light, I'm like, I'm not degrading this, right. but it's saying like, okay, we, we enter into all these things all the time. It's a necessity. We're social beings. Right. We have to benefit from each other. So it's not a bad thing necessarily, no, but it's still right. not the greatest thing. Right. Okay. Um, and once again, we note that friendships of utility are also, they come and go. Sure. But Aristotle says then we're not ultimately called to f- merely friendships of pleasure or utility, but the highest and third is friendship of virtue. Okay. To say that I am friends with you, not because of some pleasure or some, some benefit that I gain, but simply because I look at you, the object of the virtuous friendship is the person themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see the good that is rooted in you the virtue that's rooted in you, and I seek that for its own sake. Mm-hmm. And so he, Aristotle will then say, like, this is ultimately this friendship is the only one that acknowledges the actual person. Okay. And because I do that, it's also the most enduring and lasting friendship. Sure, sure. That's I had never <clears throat> heard friendship described that way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's really, really beautiful way to describe it. Okay. So most modern friendships are pleasure and utility. Mm-hmm. So can you talk about that virtuous friendship? There's there's this phrase um, you said it's the object of virtuous friendships. So can you talk about that a little bit? Okay. I don't know if you've said that even yet. I don't so. think I did. Okay, so, so explain that and what it is and. So I kind of derived in my own thought two two objects of the virtuous friendship. How is what what's what's the focus of our attention? And I already mentioned it. One, I said the ob. One object of the virtuous friendship is the other person himself, mm-hmm. the good that's in, inherent in them. Right. Um, but then I think in friendship, there's the dimension, the aspect of some external goal, something. Actually, I was going to read this. I was going to say. Yeah. So C.S. Lewis, I quoted, I quote this. C.S. Lewis wrote his book titled The Four Loves, in which he dedicates, talks a lot on friendship. And I'll read this. He said, friendship arises out of the mere companionship, out of mere companionship when two or more of the companions discover that they have some some common insight or interest or even taste which the others do not, which others do not share and which until that moment each believed to be his own unique treasure or burden. The typical expression of, of opening friendship would be something like, what, you too? I thought I was the only one that had this belief or right. so it's this it's a common like hey we you and I share the same interests mm-hmm. the same activity we're going to pursue the same goal and in pursuing that goal then it forms a bond between us right but we're directed at something outside of ourselves though. okay so and, it, what's in oh, were you going to say something well, I was going to say and ultimately like one of the things like a common goal yeah. And I'd say like one of the things like that we have in common, even in this communications office or in the church is the common object of our faith. Right. Um, it could be faith, our Catholic faith, even politics. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be all sorts of things, but those are probably the most significant ones. Right. When you consider an object of virtue right. right. your faith. Yeah, I know um, uh, <clears throat> up here in the communications office, Father swings by, oh, once a week or so, because of course he uh, lives over at the cathedral. And he swings by, and we often talk about, um, uh, as a group, uh, matters of faith, 
often politics, and we've we found we have lots of things in common with Father Eckridge. So, yes. so we've become kind of a group of friends all together here, which has been yeah. really fun. Um, okay, so if you just joined us, we're talking to Father Brian Eckridge uh, about the love of friendship. Um, Father, where do you want to go next? Because I know you said there was like a second part, but yeah. have you said everything you wanted to say about the first part? There was one thing I guess I was going to touch on in the first part. Mm-hmm. As we talk about this kind of external, this, this goal, this object of pursuit that, that bonds friends. Mm-hmm. I say one thing maybe why friendship is lacking in, in this world yeah. is because we don't have, it's difficult to find a common object of interest, something to pursue. You think about, I have in my notes, like most people are boring. Um, <laughs> Because I mean, well, when, when, when you, when, yeah, it's like day. when you go out and look at something. Like one of the saddest things is like you go out to eat at a restaurant, and there's a group of people, and they're literally just sitting there buried in their phones. Mm-hmm. It's like that's not an object of virtue. That's not an object that's even interesting. It's like so. I guess if you want to have good, solid friends, um, do interesting things. Yeah, you know, read a book, read things, have something that of interest that you can actually talk about in conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I guess that was some, one of the, re- one of the things I wanted to touch on. Yeah. I've um, heard some people put it as do real things. Yes. So rather than live your life in social media or in an online world, yeah. do real things yeah. that other people can relate to and participate in with you. Absolutely. So, yeah. So that's what I want to say about that. We okay. can okay, we good. <laughs> move on to part two. Okay. Yeah. So, so the second part is really about how, how we as modern people sexualize everything, mm-hmm. like almost everything, not just friendships, but, uh, certainly, um, certainly friendships. So, um, you have all kinds of notes here and I don't even know. I'm going to let you start because okay. I don't even know and where we you might, want to start. We might have to, <laughs> we might have to skip over some of the sure. stuff, Yeah. but so one of the things uh, Pope Benedict XVI wrote his encyclical Deus Caritas Est, which is Latin for God is love. Mm-hmm. And in that, in the beginning, he actually talks about the love of Eros, okay. that romantic love. Yes. And he often said that this is, Eros is reduced to simply the, the physical sexual sphere. And he said, actually, Eros um, has a much broader scope to encompass the whole person. I said, you know, modern society likes to reduce the person to just simply a sexual body. But Benedict says that Eros actually acknowledges, Eros is a desire for the, to receive the good of another, Mm -hmm. um, to unite that good to myself, to have this bond, forms this bond of intimacy. But really I can also see like, can I have that bond of intimacy when I recognize things about anything about you right. things about you know recognizing that you're a spiritual being mm-hmm. that there's all sorts of aspects of the person that we can that are good that we can desire um we even going back to that common the common pursuit of some good yeah some common shared interest that it's not yeah we simply he said we have to view the person as in all its demand in all his or her dimensions right. and so with that then i mean that that I guess is the cure. I guess reclaiming, yeah. reclaiming arrows to be able to reclaim. I guess the, the dignity of the human person in it, in his or her totality. Because yeah. right now we really have like a disordered uh, idea of eros, where as you described, it's really a viewing someone as an object and yeah. as a sexual object in particular. Yeah. So it's really a disordered view that we have as a society, and we can't seem to. Most of us can't seem to move beyond that. 
Yes. So that's what you're really referring yep, to here. Yeah. I think so. Good. Um, so you have on here that both Eros and Agape must always be present in friendship. Can you explain that? Yeah. So. And maybe you need yeah. to re- review those two again. So Eros is the yep. romantic love and so Agape I was going to say, I guess maybe, and this is also going back to Benedict's encyclical mm-hmm. where he talks about he, the relationship between these two. Eros is the desire to receive okay. the good of the other, mm-hmm. the good that you that you have. Uh, agape, sacrificial love, is then my desire to give. Mm-hmm. So in any friendship, any human relationship, it's a two-way street that uh, it's both giving and receiving. Mm-hmm. That essentially it's just to note that uh, sacrificial love then ultimately tempers oh. Eros. Sure. Because Eros left to itself will become something selfish. It's like right. I just want to take that I want to receive things for myself right and that's not a good thing so I guess Eros always has to go along with agape to say Mm -hmm. okay I'm going to receive but then I have a desire to give something of myself back to you right so what's the difference between so okay a, a married friendship or love would be would include both Eros and agape yeah correct how and I think you, I think even outside of mari- yes. marriage. So what I what I want to ask, and I don't know if you will the answer this, but I think you will. Okay. So if if your um, friends who are not married, so how do you keep that? If you want to, how do you keep that from turning into something that yeah. is is more towards <clears throat> marriage? Yeah. So first, we recognize <clears throat> the natural inclination that a single man and woman you know, can we become friends? And the natural end of that is marriage. Right. So if that's the case, I'd say it's a good thing. Pursu- right. Ultimately right. pursue marriage. But if there's many instances in our life that of which, you know, like you're already married. Right. So um, <laughs> you can still have interactions w- 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 with men or even like me. Right. Um, so I, three things. Uh, if we're going to, how can a virtuous friendship remain pure and preserve authentic intimacy? Yes. Maybe that's what yes, I Yes, that is the question. Um, yeah. I came up with three things. One, as I said, reclaim eros. Mm-hmm. Um, explicitly acknowledge the whole person, not just a body, but a soul, heart, mind, personality. Mm-hmm. Um, that's step one. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think also step two, know, know our natural tendencies. Um, I can speak from the perspective of a man, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, men inherently recognize the beauty of women mm-hmm. um, and to say, okay, I see her beauty. Uh, now, what is the resolve of my own heart and mind? What am I going to do with that? Sure. To recognize, okay, she's beautiful, but that beauty is for her husband or her future husband. It's not for me. Right. So just so we don't get accidentally get swept away in our, yeah. our lower passions, you have right. to kind of prepare in that way. Right. But then also I think point three is, as it talk about the importance of an, a virtuous object of friendship, that the object of our friendship, the commonality, is rooted ultimately in God. Um, Dietrich von Hildebrand is a German philosopher and theologian that wrote a, he wrote a book on man and woman, mm-hmm. and he notes like all of the, throughout history the very intimate relationships between some of the saints. You know, St. Francis and St. Clair. I think I was thinking as I came in here, like Jesus and Mary Magdalene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably one of the most intimate friendships between man and yes. woman. Um, and it's like, well, the object of some good is ultimately God. That if a, if a friendship between man and woman is going to remain pure and virtuous, um, you ha- it has to transcend the physical dimension, but ultimately enter into the spiritual realm. Right. Um, 
to allow God to perfect and guide that. Um, because if you don't aim for the high, higher good, you can, you'll naturally ten, have the tendency to fall down and settle on lower goods, right. which is the danger zone. Right, right. So that's, I guess those are the three, three things. Reclaim arrows, have an awareness of our, of our human nature and its natural tendencies, mm-hmm. and ultimately have a friendship that's rooted in things that are virtuous, but ultimately the highest virtue, things of God. Right. So, so what you're telling me is <clears throat> married couples can be friends with the opposite sex. Yeah, I hope so. If they are, if they have those friendships ordered in the right way. Yes. And single people can be friends with the opposite sex if they have those ordered in the right way, unless they don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, of course, you you want to find a husband somewhere. So <laughs> there are times when you're like, nope, I don't want to be friends. <laughs> um, that you know, it's good to know because sometimes you hear. Okay, I'll use a fairly famous. We're just about out of time, but I'll use a fairly famous example. Um, Mike Pence uh, has often told people that he will not be uh, alone with a member of the opposite sex, like ever, because mm-hmm. he's a married man. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's necessary for him. Yeah. Um, because of partly because of what he does, the the optics of it, and so on. Maybe, mm-hmm. but that isn't always necessary if things are ordered in the right way. Is that what you're telling us here? I think so. Okay. And I think it's for each person to discern, yeah. um, to know yourself. Um, that maybe, like you said, for maybe for Mike Pence, that's right. something that's right. that he needs to do. Mm-hmm. Or you also recognize the reality of optics that people people see things in friendships and they misinterpret that. Especially in a, politicians. Yep. <laughs> and so that is that is always something to be aware of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then you might discern. Okay, um, I have a good and solid relationship with the, with her with this person. Mm-hmm. So. I can, here, here's what I know I can do and it'll be good right? and, and virtuous right. and, and edifying yeah. towards, yeah. Yeah. And in those cases too, the <clears throat> husband and wife have to agree on what, Absol- on what yeah. they feel is yeah. appropriate and for their marriage. If you're married, like yes. your spouse has to, should know <laughs> yes. what you're doing, who, who you're hanging out <laughs> <Absolutely>. with and, <laughs> or even and be, okay with be, that. be a part of that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Father Egrich, we're. Pretty much out of time, but is there anything else you wanted to add real quick? Did we hit everything? Uh, not in 12 seconds. Not no. in 12 seconds? <laughs> oh, come on. It's a challenge. <laughs> okay, well, I appreciate all of that. Is there any place that, like, obviously Aristotle um, and, and uh, C.S. Lewis's The Four Loves might be a good yep. thing for people to look at if they want more information on this topic? I would say the more most practical one is probably C.S. Lewis's yeah. The Four Loves. Aristotle is a little bit more difficult. Yeah. And, um, it's probably not your easy read. Right. right. Uh, and then I, I guess one of the other things, so Dietrich von Hildebrand, I said it mentioned he's a German philosopher mm-hmm. and theologian. He wrote a little tiny book um, titled Man and Woman. Okay. Um, and that essentially talks about, he talks about what is the masculine genius, what is the feminine uh, genius. Yeah. And really, how does the complementarity between men and women? This is, I guess, if we were going to have an extended session, it'd be interesting to talk about maybe the mutual complementarity and enrichment that friendships between men and women, or even in the context of marriage, what exactly that looks like. But that's an incredible little book. It's only about 120 pages. Oh, yeah. Um, And and not terribly difficult. And that's an easy read. Von Hildebrand, his genius is. He has deep thought, but he keeps it simple. Oh, I love those kind of guys. So, (laughs) So that would be my recommendation. Okay, great. So... Thank you so much for coming in and talking to us about this topic. I think it's super important. 
Thanks, Father Rich, and enjoy milking while you're up. I'll do my best. <laughs> when, once Looking you get up there. To it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. Uh, if you haven't found us on social media yet, you can always find us at uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And you can always find us on um, wherever you can find your podcasts, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. So find us there. That's it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic.